Welcome to the Anchored Voice. This is a podcast helping men to anchor life. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Tu. Welcome to the program. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Dr. Phil, and I'm about to share with you a conversation between me, my father. I hope you're blessed by it. This episode, Father and Son, is sponsored by McGuire Wear, especially our new clothesline, Lactino. Lactino celebrating black history and Hispanic heritage. Hope you enjoy it, and I hope it helps you anchor life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Anchored Voice, helping men to anchor life. I am your host, Dr. Philip McGuire Wesley II, and I am joined here by my father, Poppy, Pastor Philip McGuire Wesley Sr. And so this is our podcast. This is the father-son edition of the Anchored Voice. And I brought him on because uh, there's so many experiences that fathers and sons have, um, you know, regarding sports, regarding music, whatever it is. So I'm just going to ask him a few questions, and we're just going to have a good time talking together as a father and son. Uh, Welcome to the show, Dad. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah, so this is a video uh, podcast, and this is also an audio, so they'll be able to hear it and also see us. Um, Mm. So many experiences uh, we've had together. Now, one of the things I always share with people, um, actually, I'm wearing a shirt right now, Honduras, the Honduras Honduras flag. And um, so you're, you're originally from Honduras? I'm originally from Honduras. It's a small uh, republic in Central America, Latin America, matter of fact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where I was born. Brad grew up in a little town. Well, actually, it's, uh, it's uh, off the coast of Honduras, mm-hmm. an island called um, Rotan. There are three islands, and they are known as the Bay Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rotan is the capital of those three, and that's where I was born and bred. And what language did you speak there? Well, actually, the official language of the Republic is Spanish. We spoke uh, Spanish and English. We have um, all of the official, uh, the post office, the, the government is in Spanish. Um, you go to school from, let's say, 8 to 12, you have siesta from 12 to 2, and you go mm-hmm. back to school from 2 to 4, um, and that's all in Spanish. But in between, we were sent to uh, English school uh, to learn the English language, and that's how we became bilingual. Uh-huh. And you grew up with a, a big family. How many, uh, how many siblings? Well, there are 10 of us uh, in that family. Actually, every time it rained, their child was born, but um, we have uh, 10 children, uh, six girls, and four boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of them liked to get on the mic and, and sing a lot. 
Well, we we grew up in the in the church, the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and um, mm-hmm. my dad was an educator. He he believed in uh, sending his children to do education. Uh, Mom, well, she liked music, and so mm-hmm. she would send them to either learn to play the piano. My brother Carlos actually um, he played the a classic guitar. And um, during the course of that, uh, his, his, his um, growing up, he went off, went away from home, and actually uh, became an entertainer in um, Honduras, in Central America, uh, playing his guitar and doing the entertainment work mm-hmm. out, uh, outside of the church, matter of fact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So his name was actually Carlos McField. Because McField was uh, your mother's maiden name. Well, his name was uh, Carlos uh, Wesley. Mm-hmm. But um, when he got into the entertainment world, I don't know, he changed it to uh, Carlos McField, which is my mother's um, maiden name. And that stuck uh, with him throughout mm-hmm. his, um, his uh, entertainment business. In fact, um, he did a song that for years and years at the sports arena, every time they had a soccer team or a soccer a game, mm-hmm. uh, they played his song to begin the the the, the, the process. Matter nice. of fact, nice. So he started the the blow real big. Now, being um, from Honduras, um, but you're also black uh, in Honduras. I like to call it black Tino. I like to call it Blacktino. Um, how was that growing up, being black, but also in the Spanish island? Well, we we didn't have any real trouble with the um, blacks and the uh, the other Hispanic folk. Actually, the, the fair-skinned uh, native. We all spoke the same language, went to the same school, um, got along well, spoke. Uh, for for where I grew up, we spoke English and mm-hmm. uh, Spanish. On the mainland, uh, in several of the big cities, you had the the black, what you might call black American, uh, black American now, mm-hmm. uh, black African American, and you had um, the native uh, Spanish speaking folk. The black Americans spoke both languages which was a good thing for them. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you have a culture there. Um, sports. How did you get into sports? Uh, was that introduced to you in Honduras or when you came to the States? Well, no. Sports, actually, um, the main the main sports in Latin America is what we call in, in, um, in Latin America soccer, actually. Mm-hmm. We, we, I was surprised when... I came to the United States uh, many years ago, and they are calling uh, something football. Actually, they, they, the soccer is the football. You handle it mostly mm-hmm. with That's your true. foot. It's true. And um, I don't, I don't know how they got it mixed up. But uh, you, you throwing the the American football with your hand, and the soccer with your foot. But in any case, <laughs> that was the big event. Now yeah. we did have. Uh, uh, actually, they had baseball, 
not as big as soccer. Mm-hmm. And um, in the school, as a, I don't know, um, uh, education outside of the classroom, they'll take us at times to do um, uh, football and we would form a baseball team as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so you started playing there. So uh, you came to the States a little later on. Uh, who was your favorite team when you came to the States? Well, actually, we grew up uh, looking or listening, actually, on our ham radio mm-hmm. to uh, the Dodgers. Uh, they well, they Brooklyn Dodgers, okay. matter of fact. That's right. That's that why time. I have this uh, uh, Jackie go. Robinson yeah, shirt. Farewell. That that's a that's a good represent. sign. That's right. We began to listen and enjoy and support the Brooklyn Dodgers. There's a story behind that, but we mm-hmm. don't have time to talk about that now. What's the story? Um, well, because of the same Jackie Robinson, actually. We we thought that um, maybe supporting the team because they took him on was the right thing to do. Okay. Um, the Yankees, matter of fact, we did hear about the Yankees, but mm-hmm. actually they, the, the truth is they beat up on the Dodgers so often. That <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That got tired of them. Got tired of that, and that that didn't help uh, help us like in the Yankees at all. Mm-hmm. Now we had the Giants as well, mm-hmm. um, but um, most for the most part, the Brooklyn Dodgers was yeah. our our um, favorite team. Do you remember how the Dodgers got their name? I have not studied the, the way the Dodgers so got the, their name. The history, Maybe you can help us with that. Yeah, the history is told that. Um, in Brooklyn, they had the trolleys, and people would run out of the way of the trolleys, or else you get maimed or killed, because there were trolleys going in Brooklyn. So they called them the Brooklyn Dodgers, the the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers, <laughs> right? So so because people were constantly getting out of the way of the trolley Dodgers, uh, actually the the original name of the Brooklyn Dodgers were, I believe, the Groomsmen or the uh, um, Something to do with, uh, it wasn't bridesmaids, but it was the groomsmen, I believe. And then they took on the trolley Dodgers. Then later on, they shortened it to be the Dodgers. So that's your history of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yes, so they've, the they've been around for a while. Yeah, they have been. We, we didn't, did not know the history. All we knew, actually, we, we couldn't hear all the games. Generally, during the um, the playoffs, maybe the World Series, where they would broadcast it on the um, shortwave radio, mm-hmm. and we'll pick it up from there. And we were supporting the Dodgers uh, mm-hmm. to our chagrin. Generally, they lose to the Yankees, but anyway, we they, they had a couple of victories. They had a few victories that um, made it, you know, good for us at the at the moment. Anyway, so who was your favorite player growing up? With the Dodgers, actually growing up, um, Sandy Koufax became my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they had a, the catcher. What was his name? That um, I forgot his name. Campbell. No, no. Campanella. 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 There you go. Campanella. You go. That was my favorite. Um, yeah. That boy. <laughs> we loved that boy. I mean, 
I yeah. could play. He was he was our he was basically the the, the favorite in the in the family. So uh, how did you feel when Brooklyn moved to L.A.? Well, it was broken hearted. Broken hearted because mm-hmm. we figured they could have, uh, in spite of the Yankees, you know, uh, having a, I guess, a better uh, record. Oh yeah. We felt that the Dodgers could at least uh, stay right there in Brooklyn, Evansville, and uh, build uh, a, a team there, and actually, mm-hmm. uh, that would have been good for for the for the city and for the Dodgers themselves. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, um, they decided that they'll move out of, you know, Evansville. Yeah, and so the, the legend is that they wanted to move where the Brooklyn Nets play. They wanted to build a new stadium. New York wasn't going to give them a new stadium on that lot. Okay. By the uh, Atlantic Yards, I believe. And I believe they really wanted them to go to Flushing. Oh. And so when Brooklyn owner um, O'Malley, Walter O'Malley, um, refused to move to Queens, I remember there was a real flux of people moving to Long Island around that time. So less people were coming back to Brooklyn for the game. So they wanted to move them to Queens. And uh, so what happened was he struck a deal with California, and you had a two-for-one deal because the New York Giants, the New York baseball Giants, uh, were moved from Polo Grounds, and they moved out to San Francisco, and Brooklyn moved to L.A. So that's the history. That's the story of the Brooklyn At least that's what I've read. That's that's what he told. So then after that, um, eventually they have to form another National League team in New York. And that's when they formed the New York Mets. That's when the Mets came into being. And mm-hmm. so we had, um, well, actually, we, we, we had the Dodgers, obviously, and we had to support the Mets because, well, they, I think that they took some of the colors from the, the Dodgers uniform. That's right. And they were replacing the Dodgers, so we had to go along with the Mets, never, right. never the Yankees. The Dodgers fact. and the Giants. So the, the Dodgers blue, and the Giants, yes. The blue from the jo- Dodgers and the orange from the Giants. Yes. And even the logo, the NY logo, they took from the Giants. From the New York oh, Giants. Okay, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that. So if you compare the logos, the New York logos, uh, the Mets have the New York Giants logo. Well, so that's they, the history. they were replacing, sort of uh, adding something from both of those uh, National League teams mm-hmm. in New York that moved to West Coast. So when the Mets started playing in the 60s and the 70s, who became your favorite player? Well, I remember... Tom Seaver, the one I the, the one I could uh, remember. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Mets. I'll, I've always told people if I ever have a heart attack, I'm having to blame it on the Mets who, <laughs> who couldn't win. Yeah. Who couldn't win game for for ages and ages. Yeah. Um, Tom Seaver was one of my favorite, and um, what my boy that was out there in um, Agard. Not, out there in, in Tommy Agee. Tom Agee. Yeah. Tommy Agee. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was he was really my favorite um, yeah. out there. I love that boy. I mean they 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 had some good boys and some good players, but it's the same for years that they couldn't win 
if you uh, even try to give it to them. I, you know, I, I don't remember much uh, early on, but I guess when I started turning 10, I remember more of the New York Mets in the 80s, uh, especially the 86 Mets. Um, so by the time you introduced me, I guess you were introducing me before. Do you remember uh, introducing me to baseball? Well, actually, we would pick them up on our... Every once in a while, we had a black and white TV, and we watched some of the game on that. And um, as time went on, I figure you well, you and I would play some catch and whatever out in the, in our backyard. I remember. And we decided that um, instead of going with the with the Yankees, we'll stick <laughs> with the Mets. The, the tradition of the, right. of the family that went back. Uh, Yes, what, 100 yes. years ago. Now, now we're trying to carry that down to Philip III. Well, we are yeah, going to introduce him yes. to uh, the New York Mets, and yeah. hopefully by the time he gets to the place where, where um, he can understand the game, that they'll be winning, uh, have a better <laughs> winning percentage. That's actually. right. I remember we used to uh, sit in the nosebleeds in Shea Stadium, uh, but one of the things... <laughs> I remember because you know I, I was scared to topple over and fall down. It was uh, one of those um, growing experiences, but I do remember watching Doc Gooden. Yes. I remember Daryl Strawberry. Yes. Uh, I remember we were at a game and Daryl Strawberry hit an in the park home run. So you know uh, that, we, that we saw him amazing. fly across all the bags, um, and uh, just an awesome experience. Uh, Doc Gooden, watching him. Uh, unfortunately, their their career didn't turn out the way we thought it should, but wow. that still was, you know, for me, a great impact. Well, let me let me take you from sports to to fatherhood. Um, what was your feeling? You come from childhood, you know, you go through Oakwood College, you meet mom, but what was your first experience as a father like? What did, what did you feel? Well. It was um, it was a new experience actually. We like I said, we had ten children um, in our family. We didn't I didn't have to raise any of them or to you know uh, take them because the, the two under me were girls. Mm-hmm. But um, being a being a father was was a new experience and a beautiful one, matter of fact. So. Um, those days, you know, raising a child was, it was, um, challenging, but it was a beautiful experience, in fact. Uh, I remember, well, we had the, we had a girl first, mm-hmm. and, um, being from the Caribbean, this was at, um, a church named Bethel mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, yep. and our, our young couple all of them they had um they had boys and so they got on me and they say what's the man and you know well, what happened it takes a man to to, to bring a boy into the world mm-hmm. i said all right well we'll we'll see about that mm-hmm. uh later on actually maybe four years later we had a girl and I don't know how true it is, but uh, folk have told me said it takes more of a man to produce a girl than it <laughs> takes to be a boy. Yeah, yeah. And up to this date, um, I don't want to call their names, but if they see this broadcast, they'll know who I'm talking about. 
all of them boys who were messing with me for having a girl first, they could not produce a girl. <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get back on the boys. case. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they brought them boys in. I said, now, oh, what kind of man does it take now to have a girl? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's the way we left that with them boys. Yeah, we're having a, a lot of challenges today in, in fatherhood and fathers sticking around and, you know, really staying the course. Um, what would you want to say to fathers today uh, about their responsibility and, you know, the growth that they need to have. Well, if you're a father, you are part of your responsibility. I mean, it used to be in years gone by when, when they said the father was the person you produce the the the, the child and mm -hmm. leave the bringing up the upbringing to 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 the mom or to the mother. Um, the father generally. Well, in, in the years gone by, would be the what they call the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. But when you have a child, your responsibility as a father is pretty much equal to that of the of the mother. You, uh, the child, the child needs that um, that father love and that father care and that father character in his our her life, and it's not something that when you when you have a child, mm -hmm. you go out, you know, do the work, come home, pick up the newspaper, sit down in your rocking chair and expect your wife to, you know, cook the food and train the child and, and discipline the child and uh, take it from there. The father has a major responsibility mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in raising their children and paying some close attention to them. And you'll see that uh, once they grow up, mm -hmm they'll be a, a better person in society than if you just left them alone for mom to do all the uh, disciplining and all the loving and all the caring and all the mm -hmm. uh, entertainment. You'll do well to yeah. pay attention to your children, boy or girl. Funniest experience I've had with you uh, being raised, um, you, didn't, you didn't change me all the time. Some days you just... You know, had to go where you had to go and put me in the car. So I remember waking up in the car in my footies and um, I, I looked out and I said, where am I? And I looked over the window and there I am on the lift in the garage looking at you and the mechanic from the air. <laughs> the funniest experience I can remember having, just wondering to myself, what in the world am I doing up here? Well, as a child, um, mom, I think she had to uh, go to work early, mm -hmm. and um, we would have to get up and, and take her uh, to her job, but we didn't have time to get you up and, 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 and get you changed and what have you, because <laughs> it was still early in the morning, and so <laughs> oh, my man. best... My best thing that day was to take take you as in, in your in your in your pajamas. Yeah. Uh, wrapped you up in a in a blanket, and when we left the house, matter of fact, folk, he was asleep. We put him in the back seat. He yeah. was dead to sleep. We went to the mechanic that we had to be there at a certain time, mm -hmm. and we we talked to him, and he said, "Listen, it'll be safe. The windows were pretty much up. Um, yeah, it's not too far up in the air. He'll be fine." 
and uh, just yeah. let it be. I think I think they have laws against that now. Well, <laughs> now nowadays I think they have. But um, uh, an, another experience I had, I remember you were uh, doing some construction at the church. You you were a pastor uh, for forty two years in Northeastern Conference in New York, and uh, we were at Lebanon at the Gosh. time. And so you had changed over the pulpit from one side to another. But I can remember going in the hardware store many times with you, um, with, I guess, the guys from the construction. Um, and I, oh, now they have Home Depot and Lowe's, but yeah. that smell when you walk into a hardware store or even a tire shop, you know, there's yeah. just that, that, that smell that you have. Um, that brings back a lot of nostalgia when I, you know, when I walk into any kind of hardware store. And um, so I'm just sharing that with you. Just I, I always remember that time hanging with you and going to the church and uh, watching how you, you know, directed that. Well, um, we we had the we we bought the well they um they bought this church in Lebanon. It was a Jewish synagogue, mm -hmm. and they had the pulpit I think facing the east. Right. But what was wrong with that was mm -hmm. that the main door to the uh, to Saint the church mm -hmm. was right there in front of the pulpit and it was rather disturbing mm -hmm. because you you had late <laughs> you had late comers yeah and um, there's no no other entrance except right up there at the pulpit yeah. so we decided that um we'll just take the pulpit from the the, the one side mm -hmm. and build it up on the other side yeah. So that it wouldn't be less, it would be less disturbance for the latecomers yeah. and other people who would uh, be attending the service. Yeah, yeah that was a great begin. experience. You know, I just remember I, anytime I'm in a wood, at, uh, the wood aisle of uh, Lowe's or Home Depot, it just brings back those memories of getting into the stores and back, back and forth. All right, uh, we're we're gonna wind down a little bit. Um, just share with me your favorite experience in life. What what are some of your favorite experiences in life? Well, growing up in uh, what we call now a third world country, mm -hmm. um, at the time you thought it was, um, well, you know, we would think, well, this is, this is a tough life. But after we left, um, came to United States and looked for a different type of life, we are realizing now that Growing up in this quote-unquote third world country was the best thing that ever happened to us. Mm. I mean, in my family, we were we were not hardly rich. Mm -hmm. um, well, I would say we were we were we were poor, but actually, we grew up in a church, and there was never a day that we didn't have some food on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, Never mind that some days it was the same thing over and over, but uh, we had food on the table, and mm -hmm. uh, it was a tropical uh, place. We had a lot of fruit, and uh, mm. my dad grew some vegetable. Okay. Okra for one that I hate up to this date, but I <laughs> <laughs> forget it, tomatoes and peppers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so we always, we always had um, food on the table. Um, our clothes, we had decent clothing. Um, 
we had special clothes, of course, for 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 the Sabbath services. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time when, of course, you know, we had to go to school barefooted, but along the road, we that changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing now that they, the the life the lifestyle the the um, growing up in a peaceful um, environment mm-hmm. was one of the most beautiful experiences that we've had mm-hmm. and that I've had. And as you look back at it now, um, you got to say, well, God was, you know, watching out for his children yeah. and, and taking care of us. All right. One last question. Um, best experiences being married? Well, the best experiences um, getting married, um, you... In in growing up, I mean, there there was always a, a question of when. In I'll, I'll say this in in Honduras, you really didn't become a man until you were 21. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, you couldn't vote. Mm. Actually, I mean, here's the state; it's 18. Mm-hmm. Some places, I don't know, maybe 16, but. You had to be 21 before you can vote, and um, you look forward to getting married. Actually, most of the folk would have to maybe go leave leave town, leave the country, go mm-hmm. to the United States, or mm-hmm. um, uh, go and work on the on the on the ship and yeah. uh, build a house. That was pretty much a requirement. And then look for a wife so you can have a place to you and your wife and children eventually um, would be coming around. And that was the, 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 the experience of looking for a wife and getting married and preparing okay. to take care of one. Hmm. So when you saw mom, what was your expression? Well, actually, we went to Huntsville, Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. I saw this um, this fine-looking uh, young lady. She came well. She came a year after I was there, mm-hmm. and I had a friend, um, Pierre Hunt. I'll call his name. He, he mm-hmm. was my well, one of my roommate. Um, Phil Carey was my first roommate. The first year that we went there, I went to school with his son and, too. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Phil Carey and his brother, we um, we were roommate, and we were just. On the campground, um, one evening we went to the girls' dorm, and well, in those days, actually, even in chapel, mm-hmm. uh, the boys had to sit on one side, and the girls had to sit on the other side, mm-hmm. even in church. Um, well, she arrived at the dorm, and I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm up to this day, I'm still not sure how it came with my mouth, but she had this big, uh, looked like a truck. Mm-hmm. Um, in those trunks. In those days, they mm-hmm. traveled with a, a, a yeah. trunk, and she's struggling with this trunk, trying to pull it up a few stairs that mm-hmm. uh, in the in the dorm, and I just said, "Yo, may I help you?" I mean, it wasn't necessarily meaning it because you could not go into the girl dorms. You just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in a way, you found and an excuse. One excuse, and she just looked around and said, "I don't think so," mm. but then. I don't know, uh, during the course of the, the year, 
mm-hmm. we'll eventually either meet uh, in the cafeteria or pass by on the on the uh, on a school ground from one classroom to the next. Yeah. And so I began to notice, and um, actually, wasn't paying much attention at the time. But um, you know, once you pursue, they pretty much got to say something to you. Right. It got to the point, matter of fact, where a lot of people thought we were brothers and sisters, <laughs> <laughs> like Abraham and Sarah. Like Abraham and Sarah. Yeah. But eventually, uh, we got to. Uh, got a talking and got acquainted, mm-hmm. and um, the rest of it is 52 years of um, marriage, two wonderful children. My, I came from a family of 10. Mm-hmm. I really wanted a bigger family, but um, <laughs> we, mm-hmm. uh, they, yeah. they, different they, times. Different times, the, mm-hmm. the woman said, listen, I have a, a girl. A girl. Mm-hmm. And um, well, four, four years later, we have a boy. Mm-hmm. And he says, they only made two sexes. I have one of each. <laughs> and so we closed the door on that. That was it. That, that was, was it. it. Well, it was great growing up under your leadership um, as a father. I learned a lot from you as a pastor. Uh, one of the things I learned about uh, being a pastor is uh, patience. Yes, sir. Um, how to deal with, um, how we say, challenging members challenging folk and keeping a level head all the way through i've learned to be a provider and to just be there for my family and love my family so i've learned a lot from you and just want to say i appreciate you love you and i'm glad to share these moments with you on camera yes and on audio all right and so so i'm your host dr philip mcguire wesley the second uh, my original name is Junior, so let me just wow. put that in there. It's <laughs> Philip McGuire Wesley Junior. Um, just like Carlos changed his uh, his name to uh, McField, which is an Irish name. Yes. McGuire is an Irish name, so somewhere yes. we're um, connected to Ireland somehow. Yeah, somehow. Somehow. And um, but I always um, reach back and support the Hispanic heritage that you grew up under, and I'm always connected to the Hispanic heritage. So it's been great being, you know, a black person, but also Hispanic at the same time. Now, you know, I don't speak as fluently as you do, um, but you you have that heritage and I wanna continue to carry that along. Um, Also a pastoral heritage, but not just being a pastor, but just being in ministry uh, as we continue to share God's message of the second coming and also the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. So uh, we're just going to close it out here. And I just want to thank you for sharing this time with me. Uh, Everybody, this is the Anchored Voice. This is the Father-Son edition. I'm with Pastor Philip McGuire Wesley Sr. And uh, right now, currently, we're in Florida. And uh, just just happy to uh, be able to do this podcast with him. And uh, may God bless you all, fathers, sons, spend your time with your dad, spend time with your family, and uh, make that time count. Make that time count as much as you can. All right? Thanks for joining, everybody. God bless you. Bless you, everybody.
Tu amor será solamente para mí. 